passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When Ryan's when it's time to begin, it's on the rewind around with John Pollock and waiting. The 18 that makes sense of these things we see in the ring every week on TV. It's rewind around for Monday night, download a Tuesday morning from the post wrestling site. It's rewind around for Monday night on USA now on the John and Wade take the mic. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Rewind a Raw. I am John Pollock, joined as always by the man, the myth, the ting. He is way. Hey, John. How you doing? I'm doing. I'm doing superb. How was how was Halloween? You know what? Uh, we ended up giving some candy out. Oh, actually, for our household, the uh, potato chips. I was always more partial to the to the houses that give out. Bags so you actively went out and got stuff for to yes. be ready to hand out. Okay, you didn't just find like spare stuff around when suddenly you got knocks on the door. No, because I don't think I would have like you know tiny bags of potato chips. I'd be giving out like pasta. <laughs> like, wow, if, you if are that guy. Digging, if I was digging for stuff like ramen, you know, I'd give out ramen. <laughs> Here's some uh, water. Awesome. <laughs> Here's a glass of water. <laughs> Be- but before you- we get into everything, you want to hear like crazy story, okay? Last night, uh, went out like trick or treating with my kids. It was like a very fun time, and then I'm home. They go to sleep, and I decided I'm gonna watch Halloween H2O because I had it saved on my DVR. Mm-hmm. So I'm watching it, and I just I take like a screenshot and I send it. To Brayden, because he is the person I most associate with this movie. He replies to me and says, yeah, me and my friends are watching it too. Or he said something about LL Cool J. So all of a sudden, LL Cool J comes on my screen. So I take a shot of that and send it to him. He sends back a screenshot like of three seconds later. Wait, we are watching the exact same movie at the exact same point <laughs> of the movie. It was not on TV. It was saved. It blew wow. both of our minds that we were at the exact same point at the movie at the same time. Is that not crazy? That's crazy. That's I thought chilling. about it all day. I was like, how? How? What are the odds of that? Probably pretty slim. Yeah. Wow. Right. Well, that's Amazing. a big announcement, everyone. <laughs> Me and Brayden have ESP. <laughs> anyway wow that's great dude yeah but you know i, I will say um these kids didn't show up man like i think in total throughout the evening we had like i have to say 20 kids and at least five of them were teenagers oh okay boy. so like i you don't can know just send them on your way it's like you're not getting chips i just don't know if it's like our street or or just what i don't know if my light's not bright enough outside my house mm. you know so or, or is halloween just maybe not that popular well, we uh, it's very busy, but we we just put the candy out on the outside for people to take. That's that seems to be you know 
the pandemic way of doing trick-or-treating these days. Yeah, I know. And if I was a teenager, I'd probably just, this would be the year to go. You don't even, nobody's checking. No, not you at know? all. Well, How far um, did you push it? How old were you when you finished trick-or-treating? Um, I mean, I would go out with my friends, like, into, like, high school. We weren't really trick-or-treating. It was more so just, uh, like, going out and stuff. Um, I don't know. Like, into high school, like, we, we'd, like, go out for Halloween. Like, I was with a group of friends probably, like, up until the age of, like, 13. Okay. And and I wasn't even feeling it, but they were like, let's go trick-or-treating. I'm like, okay. Barely had costumes. I had a garbage bag or something. And that year, I felt really bad. So, I, I kind of swore it off after that. Yeah, there's a there's a certain it's the year you, you always do it one year too long and then it's like okay I I don't fit in here yeah typically yeah but that's what everyone needs to learn well ladies and gentlemen uh, without further ado it's it's announcement time here at post wrestling are you ready way if I had a sound effect I would play it well uh, we we do not have that level of technology on hand for these live shows uh, but post wrestling is about to grow. This is a, a very big deal for both Way and I and everyone here at Post Wrestling. We are going to be expanding the Post Wrestling universe with a new program that will be a staple of Sunday nights here at postwrestling.com. Ladies and gentlemen, the mystery man himself is here at Post Wrestling. Brandon Thurston, welcome to Post Wrestling. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I... Uh... I've got the, the press release right here, hot off, hot off the press this year. We, we didn't even get the draft. So ladies and gentlemen, no, the, the floor is, is being uh, handed over to our PR our... department. Just handed this over. Uh, this is Dateline, Toronto, Ontario, and Buffalo, New York. This just came across the business wire. Post Wrestling and WrestleNomics announced today that they have completed a landmark international agreement effective November 1st, 2021 for the global distribution of WrestleNomics' acclaimed weekly podcast, WrestleNomics Radio. Joining forces with an integrated media organization like Post Wrestling is the perfect formula, said Brandon Thurston of WrestleNomics. Both our brands are sure to excel to unprecedented heights thanks to this new strategic partnership. Together, Post Wrestling and WrestleNomics head into uncharted territory forming an alliance that the likes of which wrestling media has never seen before. Man, that Big just news. brings it brings a tear to my eye right now. I mean, it's not just Brandon. It is the WrestleNomics universe that is coming here to post wrestling. Uh, Chris Gullo, yes. Vince, Vince might make certain cameo appearances on Sunday nights. We can only hope if, uh, if his voice allows, uh, this is, uh, this is a great, Great news for us, Brandon. We are like psyched to have you uh, coming over to the site. I know our listeners, our viewers are very familiar with all of your work. Whenever we do shows together, they always get among the most responses. So I think this is going to be, if they're not already listening to WrestleNomics, it will now be their staple. Sunday nights will never be the same ever again. Yes. Sunday is, we're going to stick with Sunday on the schedule. I think we've, we've agreed to that. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to continue doing the podcast and continue to get to know the post-wrestling listeners better. I think there's a little bit of crossover, but I know there's a lot of people who are probably new to WrestleNomics. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited to be working with you guys, as I've told you already in our secret meetings. Um, you, know, you guys are really engaged with my work, which is a big deal to me. Um, and mm -hmm. I'm always super impressed for one thing when, when I'm talking with John and he, like, he knows the, the minutiae of the details of, of the wrestling business that uh, I expect you to 
to know. Um, I think I've, I've mentioned this in one of my early appearances with you guys, but I think it, it bears repeating that. So I live in Buffalo and I grew up as a listener in my teen years to live audio wrestling. Uh, just, I, I could just barely tune it in. If I, you know, ha- have my little stereo, if I turned the, the antenna the right way, I could pick up uh, gentleman, Jeff Merrick and big daddy, Tony across Lake Ontario. Uh, this blew my mind the first time you you shared this story. Number one, uh, that you were aware, and B, that you could get this signal into Buffalo. I mean, that was uh, extraordinary. Yeah, it would always be after pay per view, so I would I would watch the pay per view on Scramble Vision, and then I would I would listen to them talk about the pay per view. Um, and I'm going to text my my like my high school friends uh, soon and be like, you remember I used to carry like a, a the you know people had splash images on their websites, and it used it was like a picture of Jeff Merrick. And, and big daddy Donnie. And I like printed it out as a 14 year old in ninth grade. And I had to like <laughs> at lunch and we would like talk about wrestling at lunch. And I don't know, I was just such a big fan of the show. There so you go. obviously pro- po- post wrestling is kind of the predecessor to uh, to live audio wrestling. So that's very, very cool. Very exciting. When it comes Brandon to like the, the work that you have been like engaging in and what, what have you found, especially I would say in light of like the last two years where you have this, this realistic competitor to WWE emerging the, the appetite you have found for this kind of uh, c- content and how that's growing, because it just seems like it is a growing appetite for the type of stuff you're doing uh, that, that just makes it a very interesting way to be following the business that so many this is their way of following the business. Yeah. Well, I, I always say that you know, wrestling is a really subjective thing. It's, it's obviously it's kind of, it's a pseudo sport and the winners and losers are predetermined by, by somebody, usually one person's decision. People have their favorites or people just try, are just trying to understand the business and figure out what's effective. If this was football or hockey or basketball, we would have some stats or a score at the end of the game to study and say, these are the objective facts. And I think in lieu of that stuff in wrestling, we look to the business numbers, the business stats to try to find out if something was a valid decision or not, or if something was a good business idea. And uh, that's kind of what we specialize in, in WrestleNomics. Um, and that's become an increasingly interesting thing for people to follow as, as AEW has emerged as a, in many ways, a competitor to WWE still, still well behind in a number of ways, but uh, you know, it's really been an exciting time in uh in wrestling history and i think like you've really kind of made a name for yourself for being just a tremendous presenter of a lot of that information that i think a lot of us didn't even know we wanted to hear but or, or see but uh you create these incredible graphics and these incredible charts and uh you're so on top of it and fast with all of these numbers all the time that you've really become um i would say you know i think a leading voice when it comes to this sort of department um, but as far as, you know, the radio show, WrestleNomics Radio, what can our audience expect on a weekly basis from you and Chris? We, we talk about whatever's been happening in, in the world of business, wrestling business, uh, all the latest news topics. I do, uh, I do live TV ratings talk, which is kind of a new YouTube program that I've been doing on Thursdays. So we're trying to minimize the, the TV ratings talk that we do and focus on other areas a little bit more. Um, yeah, we, we will go over all the areas of, of wrestling business. And that's increasingly it's a media business in terms of it's people selling video in all forms, whether that's live TV or whether that's a streaming product or whatever. But there's um, it's a live biz- live event business. Again, there's tickets actually being sold again since July. So we're covering that. There's a great source called WrestleTix that's co- doing a great job of covering that. And we're relying on a lot of that data, too. Um, 
Yeah, just uh, anything that's going on in the wrestling business. The most recent episode, we talked quite a bit about the news related to Ring of Honor and what's the future of Ring of Honor. Mm-hmm. Um, had our friend Lavi Margolin on who provided some great insight. So all, all that stuff. So that'll be Sunday evenings right here on the Post Wrestling feed. But those of you who are already subscribed to Brandon's WrestleNomics radio feed, you will continue to get your shows uh, as usual, whatever time you usually get them on Sunday afternoons. And that's usually the first place where you can get the shows. But for our audience, Sunday evenings slash Monday mornings, I mean, the spot that the law used to be on, Brandon, how about that? Tying all things together. The boyhood dream has come true. (laughs) There you go. So uh, uh, very exciting stuff, of course. And uh, we're going to ease into things because it's a very quiet week when it comes to uh, WWE business. Uh, You are going to hear plenty of Brandon this week, uh, not just with the launch of WrestleNomics on Post Wrestling this Sunday night, uh, but him and I will be convening on Friday to go through the whole third quarter earnings report and a highlight of the calendar, Mm -hmm. the call with all of the with all of the analysts to go through all the minutiae, get some more color. Where are we going? Granularity. Vince, granularity. I mean, it's I, all going to be covered. I think it's since Nick Khan has been there. I, I say this is not just a conference call anymore that we that we tune into <laughs> corporate.wb.com. This is the Nick Khan podcast. It is the Nick Khan uh, podcast where, I mean, he makes some bold, uh, bold projections. Sometimes he breaks not news. Even, he breaks news. He knows we believe that so-and-so is going to be renewing at a very healthy rate. And we the NHL believe, and NBCU, they're done. That is it. Nick Khan has been a, a, a just a godsend for for these calls. So uh, look forward to that. The Nick Khan show on Thursday, and then we will discuss the fallout on Friday. Uh, but just in closing, Brandon, um, this is a real big deal for us uh, to have you here on the site. Uh, I I think the world of all of your work, and it's uh, I'm really nice. looking forward to all the different things of uh, involving you in the site and more stuff that we can do. Yeah, me too. I, I think the world of you guys too, I've, as I've told you, I think your work is exceptional. The way you guys do reporting, the the humanity that, that you guys uh, demonstrate. Way's got a program called the Wellness Policy. I mean, I think you guys are great at what you do and how you do it. And I'm, I'm really excited and honored to be a part of Post Wrestling. Well, this is uh, just step one, and we will slowly work your way up to uh, meeting Brandon from New Jersey. But that's that's several steps down the road. I've, I've, heard, I've heard of this character, yes. Yes, everyone has, and uh, he's, uh, he's, he's an acquired taste for sure. Thank you so much, Brandon, and uh, we'll be chatting with you later this week. Cool. See you then. All right. Okay. There you go, everybody. Brandon Thurston of WrestleNomics, Sunday nights here at postwrestling.com. How did, we, how did we land that one way? I, I have no clue. I have no clue. Uh, you know what? It took us four years. That's how, John, because uh, this this actually kind of marks the four year uh, anniversary of us embarking on this brand new venture. So October 30th is when we were uh, we left our old jobs of 2017. And here we are. It took us four years, but we finally got him. Brandon Thurston right here on Post Wrestling. Yeah, this is uh, this is almost as big as being in your uh, your basement. Randomly on a Monday night, it was all part of the master plan. All part, of, all part of the plan. Yeah. Um, so on that note, uh, we do want to just quickly give people an overview of why they're not going to be hearing the news segment here. Because earlier today, Wei and I launched uh, a new experiment that we are trying out where we are doing a daily news update in both video and audio form. It will be available on video at youtube.com slash post wrestling. You must subscribe to the YouTube channel. 
You we must. Prefer it. We certainly prefer it. No, you I mean... have to. You have to. <laughs> if you come up to me in the street and you don't subscribe to that channel, I won't talk to you. So that is where you can get the video version. If you want the audio version, that is exclusive to members of the Post Wrestling Cafe. It is a brand new month. No excuses. Take the plunge. I dare you. I dare you this month of all months to try it. We've got our first show up today chatting all the latest news, and we'll be back on Tuesday. Same time. You know, you guys thought G1 would be a workout for us. You know, once two months a year, we, we take out of our schedule to do daily shows. Nah, this this is a, an experiment that we are taking to the next level. We're I'm never ready. I'm ready, Way. I, I came out of today. I was like, dude, we could do hourly if we wanted to, but we're not going to. <laughs> that's eventually but yeah we're gonna try this every single day um there are going to be exceptions you know life will get in the way but uh for most days when we're able to we're typically going to release a show ready for most people's at home uh going home commutes after work so expected maybe around like you know two to three o'clock at some time today uh of course we did a show there and again audio podcast available exclusively to our patrons at postwrestlingcafe.com and if you want to simply watch it, you can go to youtube.com slash post wrestling. That'll be free. We just ask you to subscribe. We're trying to hit 10,000 subscribers. Hopefully we can get that by this month. That's right. And <clears throat> we will be going daily. It's uh, also an opportunity that we can get uh, other people on either with way and I, or sometimes we will be mixing it up who will be doing these. So it's going to be a lot of, uh, a lot of ways that we can experiment with different ideas. It's a natural to have a different guest on from different sites, from the network that, that we have put together here as well at the site. In fact, our own Andrew Thompson will be with us on Wednesday's uh, news update to chat the latest. So all of that can be found postwrestlingcafe.com. And what else is coming up this month on the cafe? Oh, we've got an edition of Rewind Away coming out tomorrow with you, me, and our guest, David Porges, all the way from Israel talking about wwe tlc's 2011 so that'll be a show that i have to finish right after this and i will but do you have to start it i do not have to start it i've gone through i have watched the miz versus Zack Ryder. so um no you watched uh dolph versus sorry dolph versus Zack Ryder. i'm sorry uh i might have to rewatch it but that'll be coming out this week and then next tuesday wh park and i will be taking a trip to the movies again we're going to be watching and then talking about marvel's the eternals a movie that hasn't received the best praise on uh, rotten tomatoes unfortunately from the critics so we shall see if we agree with that you can find that on the post wrestling cafe as well every single friday exclusively for patrons our review of rampage and smackdown every friday night uh live and then available in podcast form for all patrons Kate will be joining me this Friday with uh, John talking about UFC on Saturday. So join us for that. That's right. And because of the way the schedule works out, we will have three rewind aways dropping this month uh, with TLC tomorrow. Then in two weeks time, UWF's Black Jack Brawl. What have we gotten ourselves into? And to cap off uh, the month of November, we will review Starcade 1997. So those three rewind aways uh, will be covered where we go not just through the event itself. We go through that week in history with the news and the world famous trivia gauntlet that we put our espresso executive producer through. That way is a big fan of watching. I can, the I can never do these. Um, I, you know, it's they're the toughest, toughest. 
And the final thing is uh, sometime before the end of the month, we will present volume three of talk, which after all that I've laid out, it might just be two hours of silence of way. And I just sitting on a park bench, not even communicating. That might be the extent of our talking by the end of the month, but we will see it's going to drop later this month. So a packed month for post wrestling cafe members, $6 gets you in the door, all the archives. Could we be any better? Um, well, let's see how this review of Raw goes. Yeah, we'll see. We will see. All right, folks. Uh, so go check all of the latest news out at postwrestling.com and our news update uh, from there. This feels weird. Let's get right into Raw. Are you ready, Way? The Dunkin' Donuts Center. Let's dunk. Let's go. I thought tonight's show was a pretty good episode of Raw. Am I crazy? I thought the wrestling was very good. Absolutely. Yes. This was a show that was largely wrestling, and I thought mm-hmm. that, like, the pairings, like, the matches w- ranged from fine to very good. really, really good uh, yeah. for, for some cases. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think, like, there was there was very little um, non-wrestling on this show. And it was just, like, a lot of good pairings, I thought. This was, like, a relatively easy three-hour episode to watch. As three-hour episodes Relative go. being the uh, key, key word there. Listen, um, it's it's three hours, okay? It's like yeah. two Halloween movies back-to-back, okay? <laughs> so it's still a chore, but nonetheless, um, here we go. Sarah Schreiber kicks things off. She is with Bianca Belair. We're kicking off at the Raw Women's title match. And Belair said she was not ready at SummerSlam for Becky. She used to like her. And she was used to people tearing her down from the sidelines, which is where Becky was. During her rise this year, she was on the sidelines. There is no bigger match than one for the Raw Women's Championship. Then we hear from Becky, who says no one expected her at SummerSlam. And she was doing push-ups the day after giving birth. She did, she, they do not realize how hard it is to be her. And she has noticed some boos. And that just motivates her and will motivate her to beat Bianca Belair again. I thought the handling of this, both here and then later in the night, where Becky is acknowledging, how dare there be people booing me, when the biggest complaint has been like, the boos are almost non-existent, that this is hopefully going to be reverse psychology to elicit boos out of more people. Yes. I mean, yeah, that's that sort of is the point, you know? Simply doing the storylines and doing the character isn't necessarily enough to get the entire crowd to boo her, as evidenced by what you saw even tonight. So let's make it seem like the boos are perhaps a lot louder than they actually are Why? to actually get people on board. If only they could go back to 2015 and you had Roman Reigns come out and say, guys, I detect some cheers out there. Please, everyone boo me. I want you to boo me, okay? I know you enjoy booing me. So please, it would make me so happy if everybody booed me because I hate cheers. Instead, they went this way long road to get to this. I mean, they could have just Mm. done the reverse psychology from the get-go. Take away what Roman loves. So do you think this will work? Um, Probably not. No, I think Becky is still going to be very popular to most audiences. And I would imagine when she goes to the UK in uh, several hours, I think those crowds are going to just love Becky. That's going to be the truth. I mean, she really should have came out and said, everybody loves me. Listen to this. But I don't think that would work either. I think they would actually... Dunkin' Donuts Center? This is where you booked me? Mm. Providence. Holy Christ. 
Well, we started off the night with the women's championship match. This uh, between the promos and then the the match. This took up the first half hour of the show, and we saw the braid involved, but very minimal. When Becky grabbed it, but instead got rammed into the post. Uh, Becky was using various submissions, including an omoplata into a Fujiwara armbar. Uh, Belair again showcasing her strength with a vertical suplex to try and counter out of. They went through two commercial breaks here. Becky goes for the armbar, and then Becky uh, turns it into a triangle. Uh, eventually, Belair slams her out, does a military press, and goes for the handspring moonsault, landing on the knees of Becky. Becky gets the manhandle slam, but Belair puts her foot on the rope. Becky is then dumped onto the announcer's desk and then rolled into the ring, kicks out at two. Belair lifts her for the KOD out of the corner, and Becky is holding onto the corner for dear life and in doing so tears off the turnbuckle padding and lands on her feet, shoving Belair into the exposed buckle and then rolls her up, hooking the tights for the win. And Becky Lynch retains the title. Uh, I did not mind this finish. I thought it was like... If, if you're going to have Becky win, it was a clever way of doing things. And I thought they had a pretty, pretty good match that did not end with a chair shot with a DQ after three segments. I thought this match was fantastic. It was my match of the show. Um, I I thought the finish was great. I, I thought it was really cleverly designed. I thought it was very well executed and resulted in the biggest surprise of all. The fact that we got a finish to the match. <laughs> oh my god. So I was I you know I like I saw everybody's tweets prior to this match and and you know like it was like Kate and Davey tweeting within seconds. Oh, if they're starting this show, if they're they're starting this uh, the show with this and <laughs> obviously it just means they're going to do it like you know have a screwy finish and then we can get back to it in the main event. But they gave us a conclusion. No, it was not a clean conclusion, but it was the right one. You know, it was it, it gave us an out so that Bianca Belair could still save face. You know, she was dominating, I would say, much of this match and pretty much had uh, Becky on the ropes for, for much of it until the, the turnbuckle. So I thought it gave her an out, manages to kind of delay the program into a fir- somewhere further down the line. And I think she really gained from the loss even. Becky wins by cheating, but it was Bianca that I thought... You know, it looked like the more dominant performer coming out of this. These two went on like a good sprint for how long was this, John? Like 20 minutes? Uh, I didn't get the exact time because they went through the commercials that I wasn't uh, sitting through. But I mean, this was like it was a three segment match. So, I mean, at least 20 is what it felt like. But they never let up the pace at all. And I think it showcases one of the best strengths of both of these performers. And that's their incredible cardio. Um, I mean, you know, but beyond that, it's like over the course of the past year, they've done such a great job of showcasing Bianca Belair's unique abilities. And it, it comes in the form in pro wrestling of her strengths, uh, using these very creative, legitimately impressive feats of strength, incorporating them into the match. And she had a number of them here. Um, it's made her style very unique. It's made her style very exciting to watch and continues this great streak that the Raw and SmackDown women's main eventers involving these two, Charlotte and Sasha, have been on over the past month plus. Do you think they longer? Do they cool off this pairing now with Survivor Series right around the corner and this, you know, you send Becky off. I mean, they're going to tease something with Liv Morgan, which is like a TV match. And Mm -hmm. Bianca, maybe just maybe she's involved in like a women's Survivor Series match that she can shine in at the pay-per-view. I think so. Yeah, I think, you know, Becky and, and Belair is either a match you can get to 
far down the line um maybe maybe for mania or you save it even for you know a show beyond survivor series um what you actually want to do the because i imagine the next time you know she faces becky she will have to win you know i think becky still poses as the ultimate destination the ultimate hill for bianca Belair to climb so delay that for a bit do the charlotte match do the morgan match and then maybe go to Belair. kevin patrick is with ray and dominic Ray says that Austin Theory is talented, but he's arrogant. Theory walks in, stating it's an honor. Ray was a hero to him, and I'm going to get my selfie after I beat you, just like I beat Dominic. You better show my pop some respect. God. Ray says that many have tried to make a name off him, and all those names have faded away, and here is Ray, still standing in 2021. So... Here you go, Way. It's Ray and Austin Theory on a mm-hmm. five minutes notice. So Austin Theory is continuing his uh, Eddie Guerrero shuffle as he knocks Ray to the floor. He lifts Ray into a backbreaker. He's taunting Dom. I mean, Austin Theory really does have this, like the character traits down pr- pretty mm-hmm. solid already um, in this in this heel role that he's I- playing. I like this character more than any of the other ones he's played. I mean, when he came on Raw the first time, he really barely had a character, to, you know, being with Rollins. And then even on a, what is it, uh, like with The Way, um, I like this far more. I think it's way more suitable for him to be a heel doing this sort of cocky thing. Ray slides underneath, pulling Theory off the top turnbuckle and then sends Theory shoulder first into the post with Arana. Um, Theory regains the advantage and knocks Dominic down with a seated dropkick. Dominic just like stands up and like puts his arms out like, Hey, you hit me. Did you mean to do that? (laughs) Ray then knocks Theory onto the middle rope and from the floor, Dominic slaps the hell out of Austin Theory, who is then hit with a 619, the combo. And then Ray with the springboard splash, but the referee saw the slap. And he disqualifies Ray because of Rebel Dominic and his actions, his reckless actions. Yes, yes, he did it. Um, what was that conversation like in the back? I wonder. I guess we'll. Well, they made up in the ring after. Ray gave him like a kiss on the cheek, and he forgave his son for costing him the winner's purse here. It's a tricky finish to book, but I thought it was relatively well done. You know, you had to justify Dominic getting involved in the eyes of the crowd and. They managed to do that by having the thing is it was Dominic who really got involved first. Like he really touched Theory first by assisting with that tornado DDT. And then it was Theory who retaliated. And then Dominic was, you know, rightfully, I guess, in some eyes, got caught as a result. But nonetheless, this crowd was totally on the the Mysterio side and thought this was an unjust call of a match. Um in ring, I felt Theory looked quite good in there with Ray. I thought thought he more than hung in there with him, seemed very confident at a high level. And I think the character has been very well defined up until this point. You know who really got the rug pulled out from underneath him is Sami Zayn, who's just getting everything going with the Mysterios before they got moved to Raw. Right. It's kind of had to end that cold. True, you're right. Yeah. And what happened to that documentary? It's in development. Color correction. Yeah, okay. Tribute to the Troops is going to be on November 14th on Fox, which has already been taped. Seth Rollins comes out with his match contract that he obtained in the ladder match last week. It's his match, and he is just missing a title around his waist, and the contract will make him the next champion. So Big E walks out and tells him a story that his aunt told him something is wrong with Rollins' mind. Rollins is offended, 
that he was told to go earn a title shot by Big E, and he lost some respect when Big E didn't shake his hand last week. Big E, you're a fine champion, but you're not on my level, and I can send you back to being a joke with your friends, just like Kofi Mania was a joke. And this really riles up Big E, who tells him not to disrespect one of the greatest moments in WWE history with Kofi Mania. He suggests they have the title match tonight, but Rollins explains he's not 100% after the ladder match and the Hell in a Cell, which I think is like a valid um, defense. Yeah, I would say so. So then Kevin Owens is out. He calls Biggie a great champion while Rollins is a delusional dumbass. But when it comes to the face of Raw, people never mention my name in that conversation. I believe in my catchphrase of just keep fighting. And he delivers this impassioned promo stating that I will keep fighting. And it may be for three more months or three more years. It doesn't matter. So our, fir- our first on-air acknowledgement of his contract situation, which is comes due at the end of January. That will be interesting if they play that into his character. That That's fascinating. I don't think it's really like them to, you know, make light of somebody possibly leaving for the competition unless they know that he's signed. I, I kind of just took this more as like, you know, just a wink-wink. If you understand, you understand. Um, but it, it will certainly be interesting if they they make a bigger deal out of it. I mean, they made it like the big thing with Punk, but you did not have the dynamic of this guy potentially going to a competitor. This guy was going to his couch. Right. And did they not know at that point that they were committing to it, that he was going to sign? I mean, he didn't actually sign until that night at, at Money in the Bank. I mean, there was, you know, it mm-hmm. was until it was signed. I mean... They, as they got closer, I'm sure they had their, you know, their their belief uh, of such, but it wasn't actual. When the angle was shot, I mean, that was that was like a month out. Right. Yeah, we'll see. So anyway, uh, this leads to Kevin Owens proposing for the first time ever. Big E versus Kevin Owens. First time ever tonight. How could how did these guys not wrestle before? That's surprising. It's, uh, you know, they were they were waiting for. November 1st, 2021, right. to, to pull the trigger on this one. Yeah, uh, kind, of, kind of insane when they've been in the same company together since 2014. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought it was a good segment. I thought I thought Owens, you know, it, it's nice to see him finally get some airtime after what feels like months, maybe even a year of pretty aimless direction. Mm-hmm. Now he actually, you know, not only is he on TV, he actually has a bit of a character. He where... has a story with the champion like after tonight. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. He is the guy who fights no matter what. So um, it's playing off of a lot of the real genuine buzz coming off of his performance last week. So I'm glad they're able to roll it into, you know, some increased momentum here. Zelina Vega uh, committed to a British accent for the duration of her backstage interaction with Carmella. Uh, The two of them who were confronted by Nikki and Rhea Ripley which led to them mocking Nikki's mask and then being challenged to a champions contenders match, which Rhea Ripley took, did, did not take kindly to this insult saying, mate, this isn't high school. Although watching these four interact where one was playing with this British accent, this woman from Queens with a British accent, you could have fooled me that this felt like high school. Felt like something, yeah. Felt like something, um, uh, 
you know. This accent is not it. <laughs> I'll say at least it was consistent this week. She, she did commit to it week. for the entirety, unlike last week. You're I right. mean, it really felt like last week they told her probably the day of, hey, we need you to go on live TV with this British accent. Can you do it? I guess. And it just, <laughs> the, what you saw was what you got last week. I think over the past week, she she's clearly practiced a bit so that now you at least have, um, uh, you know what? The, the Brits are going to have to tell us how, 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 how well they find this one. But, um, I mean, I it's want, not, I think this should be no less than the first half hour of the British wrestling experience on their next show. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. But, um, I mean, it's not meant to be good, you know. It's it's supposed to be like King great, Peter. great. We're we're supposed to. Uh, we just have to endure this, Pretty <laughs> guys. Much, it's, yeah. it's not supposed to be good. This is all supposed I, to be bad. Well, of course. Well, all I ask is that she she is able to maintain it through at least the course of the of the segment that she's on TV. And I felt like it was she managed that this week. I think the idea of <laughs> people like trash talking over. <laughs> somebody's homemade mask is like the <laughs> dumbest thing I've ever heard of. The fuck you say? <laughs> yeah, what did you say about my mask? You didn't sell my, my mask? The one I just sewed at home? You making fun of that shit? Really? <laughs> like, it is the stupidest reason for a wrestling match in history. But, um... It's led to the champions offering to fight the challengers. Uh, this was a championship contenders match. So Carmella puts her mask on. They go through the break. Uh, the uh, The rest of the women's division was watching on a monitor backstage. That was their involvement tonight. They were watching par- partially. They're facing the wall and then, of course, angling their heads, smiling. It's just more funny when you see four of them perfectly aligned, looking like 45 degrees. That's how I watch Raw, over my shoulder. Um, this was bizarre because, like, the heat was... On Rhea Ripley for like three quarters of this, like your big, like the big monster of the team is the one that you're getting the sympathy on, so that she can make the hot tag to the superhero. Well, she's the one who had her mask insulted. So you gotta you gotta wait for that that revenge. So eventually the tag is made. This is after Rhea is destroyed on the outside into the post and barricade. Nikki comes in and she's battling with Carmella on the apron, but Zelina is legal. And hits this like snap code red out of the off the ropes and into the middle and pins Nikki. So this appears to be um, step one of Queen Zelina and Carmella getting championship shots. So I think this could be like Royal Rumble, maybe maybe February, maybe March. They get to uh, the title match if they, they get to it. They've got to win. Probably four would be safe. Yeah, four more of these title contender matches. Probably yeah. Um, I don't know. At least it shows that they haven't forgotten about these tag titles. Um, Dude, I cannot... Until they referenced them in the backstage promo, it completely slipped my mind. And they were wearing the titles, and it did not dawn on me until they referenced them that these are your tag champions. I would say they're they're the only tag team. I mean, you know, until this week, it feels like Carmella Zelina was done. And like, didn't they face each other? In, in the tournament, the, yeah. Yeah, in the tournament, so... Uh, I, I guess Zelina beat Carmella to go to the finals. Mm-hmm. It really makes you wonder, like, what the thinking was when the tournament was conceived in the first place. Do you think it was always meant to give Zelina this gimmick? Um, because that feel, it tells me that like she would have practiced her English accent a lot sooner than that if she knew she was going to do this. But well, then maybe that, <laughs> that maybe it was very short sighted. Like, was, was the whole tournament done for this reason? 
I'll tell you what it wasn't done for. I don't think it was done for Zelina and Carmella to be a championship contending tag team because yeah. if you remember their match was both tried to double cross the other and they were like they went into it with an understanding and then Carmella got blasted in the face after she hit Zelina in the face and they were yeah. like feuding at the end of it yeah I mean but now they're friends I mean if we couldn't compare the two I guess uh monarchies um you know the woods one definitely feels like it's it's a lot more intentional and a lot more expected than than this one which just feels like uh, we have a tournament. I guess let's just give it to this person, and then we can just kind of come up with something for her to do afterwards. So whatever, it's it's a renewed uh, thing for for Zelina and Carmella. More plugs for the Miz on Dancing with the Stars. Obviously, these plugs were not sufficient enough because he was eliminated on Monday. Okay, so he's coming back. Biggie's yeah, with that's too e- bad. It's uh, yeah, terrible. Did you see any of his work? I have not, but I saw some some of the costuming. He looked amazing. It's like, who is he? Like Hellraiser? I didn't see. Did the genie looked horrifying? I saw like, the genie one a few weeks ago. Very impressive. That that did look good. Biggie met with Gable and Otis, and Gable says with his help he could become the face of WWE and make his reign mean something. Gable then notes how he graduated from Full Sail University, was the valedictorian with a four GPA, which was true. He just graduated. He graduated with a Master of Fine Arts with a focus on media design. And that means motion graphics, animation, and digital filmmaking. That's That sounds awesome. So I, I'd love to see some of his work. He turned Otis into a focused competitor, not just some entertainer. And Biggie will be a footnote in history. And he calls himself the master, Chad Gable, who will turn the prince, Finn Balor, into a peasant tonight. Looks like he's doing a king gimmick, too. Mm, everybody. This is just to make a whole league of kings. The master Chad Gable. The master. None of, none of that rolls off the tongue. You think this will be his new gimmick? Like, forget Olympian. This guy has a, fi- a fine arts with a focus on media design. Did you hear, like, Corey design. Graves almost brought up that he was an Olympian when they made the comparison to Kurt Angle? And it was almost like they caught themselves and just stopped because he was like mid-sentence trying to point out he's an Olympian. It's almost like we can't even shine a light on this, this fact. This man went to the Olympics. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, what have you done lately, right? If nothing else, like it's probably, it's not in the immediate, but when Gable Stevenson is ready to do anything, Gable's not the worst guy to pair this this guy with. Uh, uh, to or, them, it will be. First of all, this man's going to go back to Shorty G because he's not keeping this name. You kidding me? You have a no, no. You're already. right. He will. He will lose the name. He will probably lose the name. And they're going to have Gable Stevenson probably destroy him. Well, that would be the, the role. But the idea of at least for several weeks, build up Gable so that means something when he beats this guy. And if they're doing any kind of regular house shows, like. Gable's not the worst guy that you could be working with each night. I think it's and a dream pairing. And there's pairing. a story there. There's a cool story there. Or as a tag team. You're right. It's a dream pairing I, in either case, whether as opponents. Like the same way that Brock Lesnar and Kurt Angle were, was a dream pairing for WrestleMania 19. But because Gable's... This ain't going to be WrestleMania. I that's what I mean. Sure. Because Gable's stock is so low in this company, I I think they have far higher hopes for Gable Stevenson. Is he going to be just Chad? Or do you think they'll bring back Shorty? Oh, Ladies God. and gentlemen, Chad. No, he'll be a he'll be Clicky G because <laughs> he looks clicky G. Like a computer. He's got uh, uh 
I don't know, dude. Keyframe G. Listen, this guy's got <laughs> options now. Um, this was this was notable, everybody. Veer Mahan is coming to Raw. The man has picked up a name. Ooh. What does that mean? What is the thinking there? Why how did Vince suddenly decide to add usually he takes names. Why does he decide to add a name here? Mahan? Yeah. Oh, maybe Mick Mahan. <laughs> Maybe he's gonna be Vince Mahan before before the end of the year. He really gets into Vince this guy. Mahan. Wow. Vince Mahan. What's what's hilarious is this. This is one of the few guys on Raw that like does have a bit of a name to him, but he is instead. Uh, he doesn't go by Veer though. No, no, Disney. he does. He does not go by Veer Mahan. Uh, all right, you like the name? Sure. Yeah, it's great. Veer Mahan over it. Rinku Singh. Yeah, that's cool. It's nice. Finn Balor versus Chad. Gable went after his left leg, and Balor kicked him off. Uh, they had a nice match here. They they had just under six minutes, and Gable focused on the ankle, and they were just going back and forth here. There was a double stomp by Balor uh, as he rolled out of this roll-up attempt. Balor's selling the ankle. There's a bridging German by Gable, and this is where Corey Graves compares Gable to Kurt Angle. And before you know it, uh, Gable goes for a moonsault off the top, landing on Balor's knees. And Balor is selling the ankle, but he is able to hit the shotgun dropkick. And then he's saying, you know what? My ankle could be shattered. It's time for the coup de gras." <laughs> so he climbs to the top and Gable did the man a favor by leaping up and superplexing him onto his back thus protecting his ankle, but then Balor cradles Gable and catches him after landing off the superplex in 542. Mm, yeah, well, gutsy victory. I uh, I was actually, you know, after what I said about Gable being so low on the totem pole, I mean, I wonder really what maybe the direction is for Gable, because I thought they booked him really strong here, going up against somebody like a Finn Balor who was challenging Roman Reigns not that long ago. And also because I feel like Balor, I mean, he's he's coming off of a string of losses, you know, from, from Roman to woods. And then in that ladder match, I thought for sure they would book him like in a pretty strong win here over somebody like a Chad Gable, but instead they went back and forth and I thought they had a good match. Um, but it, it, it's positioning Balor back in the underdog role, perhaps setting him up for Otis next. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, that would be the next chapter here. Finn Balor and Otis. Riddle passed by the 24-7 geeks on the scooter, and he meets up with Ziggler and Rude. Riddle is a big fan of dogs. He asks them about being dog spirit animals. The dirty dogs are facing the street profits tonight. What, why, why don't, how come, like, everybody calls them the dirty dogs. You know, the wrestlers call them the dirty dogs. They call themselves the dirty dogs. They have it on their tights. But, like, anytime they show a graphic or officially list them, it's, it's still Dolph Ziggler and Robert, Bobby Roode. Robert Rude. Robert Rude. Did they not submit like paperwork or something? Um, maybe maybe they have a hang up with uh, the misspelling of dogs. Just... Oh, this is not a company that really clings to proper spelling. Yeah, hmm. or conventions. Anyway, RKO RK Bro will be on commentary. Ziggler and Rude explained last week was a fluke when they lost to them because they already had to wrestle earlier in the night. They are the dirty dogs, and they want the smoke. Perfectly natural conversation that we were flies on the wall for. 
Uh, they had a nice piece on Titus O'Neil here and the uh, middle school in Tampa being renamed after him. Very cool. This is amazing. This was this was very uh, nice to see. Yeah. So Ziggler and Rude against the Street Profits with Orton and Riddle on commentary, um, where Riddle is just amazed by everything he sees. Uh, the Profits are get in front of RK Bro. We come back from the commercial. They've got Dawkins in their corner. Riddle says that the dirty dogs are peanut butter and jealous. Orton, in a act of totally dating himself, says he's known Dolph Ziggler for almost 20 years. And it's not quite 20, but I'll tell you that this coming April will be 20 years of this dude on the main roster. 20? No, Orton. Orton. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 20 years. 20 years on the main roster. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, he's had his uh, his suspensions and injuries, but I mean, it's that's a long, long time. Could you imagine if that night that Orton was called up, that mm. he was working with a guy that's been on the roster consistently since 1982? Who's that? Oh, okay. No, there it, it, it did not exist. No, like a regular performer in 2002 working nightly in a main event position yeah. from 1982 was still there in. 2002 well i mean time certainly feels like it's been traveling a lot slower uh, over the past two decades but i think much of that is because um there are no other companies to work for you'll probably find industry veterans that have been wrestling since 1982 like there are then. some like you do you did have hogan in 02 but not working like the kind of schedule orton is and, right. and maybe it's something to say as well about you know the level that these guys are performing it like he still looks the role of randy oh, very orton much so oh yeah the tour bus life. The tour bus life. There you oh, go. Man. That's the secret. Uh, Dawkins hit the silencer to Ziggler, and then Ford gets the tag, and he landed this huge high cross. He's doing push-ups. Then this flurry of strikes to Rude, and then Ziggler and Rude took over after a catapult into a DDT, sends Dawkins into the post. Ford dove over the corner. Riddle's losing his mind. Then Omos comes out. And Ford is distracted and is hit with a super kick that the camera missed. And Ziggler pins Ford after the distraction, le leading to Omos laying out Dawkins. He caught Ford's dive and sent him into the barricade and then dumped Riddle onto the edge of the apron while everyone's chanting for Randy. And they are keeping Randy and Omos apart. Like, they are going to do a big match between those two. It's clear that is the big pairing that everyone wants to see. Um, but there we go. And still no AJ this week. No AJ Styles, and he is not advertised for the European tour this week. So hmm. I do not know what the deal is up with, with AJ, but this is a two weeks in a row and significant that he's and he was on like the his um he was featured on the advertising for the European tour. Mm, right. Yeah. Um it seems like they're kind of mixing all these teams together in a bunch, don't don't you think? With the Street Profits. Maybe with the dirty dog. Yeah, I mean it's it's kind of the it's it's almost like four teams with Omos representing him and AJ that they're kind yeah. of keeping all these teams like within striking distance of one another, and you can go in whichever direction you want week by week. What what is Orton's continued justification for not like avenging his friend who gets beaten up every week? Well, he looked angry, but um, he, he was like he was like you know. Uh, yelling a, a storm and throwing chairs and everything, but didn't really do anything about it. He kind of just threw a fit. I mean, even like 
he doesn't have the excuse of, I was in a hell in a cell in a ladder match over the last two weeks. I mean, he was mm. in his gear. He was ready to go. Like, usually for a babyface, they would, I don't know, put some sort of stipulation that says, you can't touch me. I, I just don't think they want them touching. And they want to keep those two separate. And that's I understand. It. But then don't put them in the same situation like this, where, like, clearly, like, you can touch the guy. And then instead, they just kind of fade to, to the next segment. And you're just kind of kind of left wondering, well, what's wrong with Orton? Yeah, maybe uh, maybe Randy should have been doing commentary remotely. Through Zoom, yeah. Damian Priest is interviewed by Kevin Patrick, who asks about the side of you we have never seen that came out last week. Damian Priest says, that side, that side of me has always been there, but I keep it at bay. And he had no issues with T-Bar until he threw an office chair at him. That's going to do it. So tonight it's no DQ and T-Bar is going to have the chance to get acquainted with the Damien in me. The <laughs> Damien in me. Look out kids, the Damien's coming out. Oh boy. Yeah. So judging by his new music and new Titantron, they are taking the name Damien Priest exceptionally literally where he's working a new Jekyll and Hyde gimmick, it seems, where the dark side is Damien and the light side is... Priest? The priest, yeah. Okay. The the religious uh, man. Well, at least they got it right. That That is consistent with, uh, you know, biblical uh, precedent. There you go. Okay. So, so uh, yeah, that's the new gimmick. We're getting sort of like an Incredible Hulk version of Damien Priest. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I mean, they had this, like... Pretty intense, no DQ match. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been Damian Priest and T-Bar. T-Bar got a promo. Priest they, started the match, and then they, the Damian came out. The Damian came out. Uh, T-Bar said he he's a fraud. He exposed his true colors, and he will feast on him. He's going to eat this guy. So they go to the floor right away. They're brawling. Priest takes out a table, and this crowd goes nuts. But that's all they go nuts for, for the first bit, because they just want this table. That is what they are infatuated with. And these guys are killing each other. And the crowd is like, I won't say dead, but lukewarm would be there. They wanted to see the Damien. They wanted to see the Damien come out and break mm-hmm. a table. Um, T-Bar hit a fireman's carry off the middle turnbuckle. They come back. T-Bar chokeslams him on the knee. They're working very hard here. Priest gets tied in the ropes and T-Bar tosses a bunch of chairs into the ring and gets a kendo stick, beats his chest until the kendo stick breaks. But then Priest... I, I thought they were going to do the whole biblical thing right here with, like, the crucifixion and, like, the whole Tommy Dreamer thing. Oh, I, I don't know if they wanted to go um, uh, too religious here. But, yeah, you did have that visual. Priest is free. He hits an inside-out lariat, and then he picks up the chair. And his eyes are wide. He starts shaking because the Damien is possessing him. Mm-hmm. This was intense. And then he just beat the shit out of T-Bar with these chair shots over and over again. And then lifts and choke slams T-Bar off the apron, through the table. Crowd goes nuts. And then he drags T-Bar in and hits the reckoning, spiking him on his head for the win. Um, Damian Priest gets the victory. These two worked really hard. I mean, it was, um, you know, T-Bar, like, probably his best, like, showing that he's had on the main roster and Mm -hmm. the style of match that best suits both of these guys. Just, like, 
hard hitting, like video game brawling, and that's what they excelled at here. Um, I, I wish the crowd was a bit more into it, but they did get into the the big table stuff at the end. Yeah, I came into this match not thinking much of it, and I don't know how I can think much of a t-bar match anymore like the name itself and then the goofy promo that preceded this just completely takes any seriousness out of it but then these two had this match and it it takes a lot for me to overcome the t-bar gimmick but they absolutely managed to do that this felt like a donovan dijack match instead of a t-bar match Uh, i agree with you i think it was his best main roster match yeah he could actually showcase his strengths and they went all out here with with some of the uh spots that the duality gimmick is is kind of corny like for priest but it corny works for this it's crowd. also the kind of thing that it does it does tend to work in this in this kind of setting like it mm-hmm. gives the audience the opening to um like his hulk up spot it, it yeah hulk hogan is corny and that shit worked like they made this company so uh it, it it's working here you know it, it gives priest an added dimension to his character Add some, you know, dynamism to his matches. Uh, and I think it's sort of the, yeah, it is the next evolution of this WWE character. But it also looks to be, um, this was exit stage left for T-Bar. And in comes Apollo, Cruz, and Commander Aziz. And Cruz says they will be closely acquainted soon enough when Priest will have the honor of meeting him in combat to lose the United States Championship. So that is our new direction. Uh, interesting to see that there is no build thus far for Survivor Series, and they are actively building up other kind of detours for various champions, like Becky Lynch going off with Lib Morgan and here with Priest and Cruz. And I wonder, like, when they're... Like, are they going to keep it to a pretty simple Survivor Series build where they just announce the matches and maybe just wait till a week or two out? But if you remember from previous Survivor Series, if they do the brand-brand thing, I mean, you can't really do much TV build with other people on the other sides. So I imagine they want to probably keep everybody separate. So they're going to, you know, they have to establish the fact that they are, they just did a, what do you call them, draft? And that you've just established new new rosters. So maybe a few weeks of this and then two weeks out, perhaps, you know, you announce the interbrand matches. And and maybe they can just learn from this. And maybe we don't have to do the brand versus brand stuff at Survivor Series. It's not like it's this hot gimmick. It's or not just, like it's this big thing that people get invested in and care about. It's I think and they, you can't use your TV to build it up. Yeah, I would at least like change the timing of it. You know, like put it in the summer or something like that. That that makes a bit more sense. Um, but I will say, I think Charlotte and Becky this year will will have been Charlotte and Becky for different reasons. Biggie yeah. Roman, Biggie Roman as well. If they do that. Yeah, like I think on paper it's just it's it just seems to me like it's very difficult when you're you need to push like stories on your TV that you can't really peak for a for a pay-per-view without just blatantly throwing it in people's faces by screwing up the brand split that you just established again. Um but anyway, they do have plenty of time. It's like we've got weeks before Survivor Series that I, I think it needs very little to set it up. You're either interested in these matchups or you're not. John Morrison is meditating, probably getting a sign. Please vote the Miz out. I need something. Yeah, geez. He's he's probably voting for the other person every single week. This has been (laughs) terrible for him. He has just been just on cruise control here doing nothing. 
Reggie walks up. Morrison's on the verge of a breakthrough. He was actually probably a half hour away from a breakthrough when the voting was announced. So this guy comes to Raw every week just to like sit down and do this meditation. Definitely not the best gimmick he's played this week. <laughs> yeah. Truth comes from behind and uh, scares Reggie. Today, okay, this kind of reminded me. I was walking home today and there was this guy walking like a few feet away from me and we're walking in the same direction and this Uh is on like a major street and we're walking like like parallel for like a couple minutes so this guy's like walking on his own and as we're crossing the street he just randomly goes to this guy and goes boom and i like friggin' jumped and this dude was like holy christ and it was obviously somebody new but i was like holy christ don't ever do that to me in the middle of a street i don't care if you know me like Scared the shit out of me. That's terrible. He actively went, boo? Like, super loud. Like, more than just a, like, oh, hey, look, it's me. Like, it was loud. Like, I thought he was about to attack this guy, but then they're friends. Uh, when something like that happens, yeah. Uh, one of two one of two outcomes can usually occur. And... Like, if you do that to me, like, I will laugh it off in the moment, but mentally I'm walking away. Like, our friendship's over. I will never contact you again. You're too out there for me. Okay, I'll, be I'll remind myself. Yeah. Anyway, um, Reggie wasn't too spooked here. And then he ran through the equipment. He did a backflip off of it. I think they could air the same thing every week. Like, I feel like I've watched this bit every single week for the 100 days that Reggie has mentioned. He is 24-7 champion. And this somehow ended with them telling Drake Maverick that his plan is not working. Correct. Oh, my God. Like, they could both take... 50 of these over seriously the like weekend. use these 24 7 guys film these all in like a day or two yeah. and send them home for six months oh yeah you save a ton of money that way i had nothing to add here with the 24 7 division yeah so i guess they're interbrand they're in both brands yeah that's right reggie was on smackdown okay all right Schreiber's of Becky Lynch and brought up the nefarious tactics she used to win. Becky says, I tore the house down, but half the fans are booing me and they are fickle. As Daniel Bryan would say. Oh, right. Yeah, that's who said that. Right. And she doesn't know what it's and the fans don't know what it's like to be a success. Belair's in way over her head. I'm in my own league and it's time for Belair to get in the back of the line and introduce someone new. And there is Liv Morgan who has no claim to a championship based on her win-loss record. But Becky just gives her a look and walks away. I mean, no claim is as good as any claim. Her claim is that she walked up here and made eye contact. That's all you need. That's enough. That that beats any championship contender's wins. This Mm -hmm. is what you got to do. Give them a look. Owens and Rollins meet in the back. Rollins suggesting how they could help each other. And Owens warns him about interjecting himself in the match with Big E. And Rollins says, you can have your just keep fighting motto. I'll just keep winning. Yeah, nice. Cool. The, uh, feels like a long, long-term long program they're building. Um, yeah, I was waiting for Owens to point out, I beat you at WrestleMania, bitch. <laughs> but as Adnan Burke informed us, it didn't happen last week. It doesn't matter. Yeah. So you forget about that. Biggie and Kevin Owens for the first time ever. Rollins comes out, 
to set up the commercial break as Biggie is down on the floor and then Rollins is seated ringside. Biggie starts hitting a belly to belly, but then misses the splash off the rope and Owens fires back, super kick, cannonball, and then hits a swanton off the top. Biggie comes back moments later with a urinagi out of the corner and then spears Owens off the apron. He's setting up for the big ending, but it's blocked. And then in the corner, they crack heads. Owens is uh, selling the head-to-head contact when he sees Rollins in the corner nail Biggie with a cheap shot that the referee misses. And Owens has this look where he is conflicted. Do I capitalize even though Rollins has, has attacked him? He goes for the cover, but in doing so, Biggie reverses with a crucifix, beating Kevin Owens. I, I like this finish. I thought I liked the fact that you had the plausible deniability that they did the, the head contact spot, that Owens has this out, but you clearly saw him look in that direction and and have like this dilemma that was introduced, and then it backfires on him. I agree. It was um somewhat unexpected that they would go this route. Um and the way that they would end the show was even more unexpected because I think something like this telegraphs that oh okay he's he's just going to turn by the end of the night. Yeah, but they did a different. They didn't do that route here because Biggie calls out Owens. You can hear him in the ring, and I like this. Like they didn't even have the microphone. You could just hear Biggie saying, "You saw what Ro- what Rollins did," and Owens denies knowing what happened and explains like we just knocked heads, and it ends up with Owens challenging. Rollins to a match for next week and then Owens apologizes to Big E. He explains we crashed heads. I'm really truly sorry. And instead of accepting the apology, Big E lays him out with the big ending, which was a surprise of how they ended this and I kind of like where the story is going with, with Owens. Like this is a interesting story to end the show off with. It's something interesting for Big E to sink his teeth into because with all due respect, I don't find that with this Rollins program. Uh, But Owens, um, especially the potential of Kevin Owens slowly turning heel. I I prefer a slow turn than just, boom, you're now our heel. Uh, I like this path a lot better, at least how it was introduced tonight. I like it too. I like it too. It kind of keeps the thread dangling and makes you guess who actually is going to turn heel at the end of all of this. Uh, and keeps Kevin Owens on screen in a main event program for quite a while longer. So it means more matches uh, between these two and Seth Rollins in the mix. Um, I'm, I'm fascinated. Absolutely. I I largely enjoyed tonight's episode of Raw. Like, I thought there were a lot of interesting matches on this show that had varying degrees of success. I like the main event angle that came out of this. Becky and Belair was a really strong performance. Um, you got Gable and Balor. It was short, but I liked what they had. Um, tag match was all right with Ziggler and Root against the Street Profits. Um, I, hey, I, I, I will take it. Yeah, it's it was uh, definitely a better Raw than usual. But I mean, you know, anytime we grade Raw, I feel like we're we're we have to try to resist grading on a curve. You know, and, and the the length of the show is, is continues to be an issue, of course, and it will always be. But I suppose the most we can ask for is that you fill those three hours with good in-ring action, good storylines. I'll say I, I don't know if any of the feuds are that inspiring or maybe that loaded with star power at this point on Raw. But the wrestling was certainly good. You know, you had Becky, Bianca, Priest versus T-Bar was worth watching. Uh, Balor Gable, I think for the time that they had, was very good. The main event. 
a lot of new directions for characters are getting off the ground. You have, you know, this kind of uh, Damien Priest doing this uh, double gimmick. Owens is getting used a lot more as Lena, of course, is getting pushed. But um, I'll say overall, I don't know if like the show has a feel of feeling of importance uh, as much for me. Like it, it just kind of feels like it's a show with like, you know, relatively good wrestling and some kind of lukewarm characters. It's got some fresh combinations off the draft. I think Raw does have more interesting pieces to work with at the moment, um, but we're not there where any storylines have really elevated themselves. Like we have nothing like, say, Reigns and um, mm-hmm. Lesnar over on SmackDown. That's been this long, drawn out story that like that does not exist here on Raw. But Be- Bianca least... Becky is to an extent, but it seems like they're shelving that for at least a bit for the time being. Yeah, like I can't say like there. It's it's really got like a clear direction of where it's going. And it almost felt like that goes on the back burner after tonight, but they've got some like interesting things on the go, but we are far from a, a fleshed out show that, uh, you know, has like these incredible Mm -hmm. stories that are weaving all of these interesting new parts together. Yeah. Yeah. And it's still early. So maybe we give it a few more weeks, a few more weeks. Um, and then survivor series right around the corner. That's right. November 21st is Survivor Series. So three weeks we've got. Mm -hmm. Let's go on over to the forum. forum Forum.postwrestling.com. Tonight's episode of Raw Way. Did it get a pass or a fail? What's your guess? I just saw it. A 5.71. Pass is a pass. That's a a good mark for Raw. For Raw, they'll take it. And we actually had feedback. Look at this. All right. Kick, Kick things off, Way. Let's go to MJ from NJ, who says, I enjoyed the closing segment to set up something for next week. It actually was refreshing. Then they turned Biggie heel? Did they just turn Biggie heel? No, they did not, MJ. I mean, he, they, he, he was uh, confused. You know, there was uh, some miscommunication, and he suspected that his friend Kevin Owens had just turned on him. So that's what you saw. It was justified. Liv Morgan and I share a hometown area code. I'm so tired of Becky, but zero hope they do anything more with Liv than maybe a solid match like it seems they did with Shotzi last Friday. With such a gap between the top tier women in the company, how does one really ever break into that upper echelon? Bianca did, but Rhea did not, and I don't see any other women challenging for the top tier. Not due to lack of talent, but just the hierarchy presented each week. Um, well, I think Rhea can. I think she did for a time, Um, you know, with Charlotte. She was... You know, when she came up, I mean, she was ready-made. Um, I think, you know, the, the the booking did not help out Rhea. Like, she has kind of plateaued. I think this tag detour is not the worst place to kind of just put her kind of in this own space rather than being in the singles division where she'd just be another woman with her back to the monitor trying to watch the match that's going on where she's yeah. just a nothing. And you're in your branded as like, there's the pushed women and the ones that don't matter, unfortunately. But that's, I would say the tag division kind of gives you an out to be something at the side where they can hopefully re-energize her at some point. Yeah, for the time being, you know, like her whole feud was again was with again uh with Charlotte, who's now on the other show, so it kind of clears the deck for her to challenge for the world championship again. And um, you know, Becky Rhea is a fresh match, Bianca Rhea is a fresh match. I'd really like to see her turn heel uh against Nikki Ash, you know, uh, at some point. That'll to me refresh in Rhea's character and perhaps give her a chance to give a bit more of that personality out there. 
I thought it was really clear the moment she moved up to the main roster how much less comfortable she's looked. And that kind of continues to like, you know, the backstage segments that you see today, which are just god awful. And she doesn't feel like herself, doesn't sound like herself in the least. Um, and you know, I hope, I hope a heel turn will, will maybe kind of balance that a bit more. Uh, MJ continues, it's busy season for me. So I'm catching more raw and NXT while working late for as much as I rag on the product. I wish it was engaging for nights like these. Sorry to leave feedback on this Monday. Okay. He also says regarding the announcement, I had a real moment this afternoon when I, when I realized what it could be. I have been a very proud supporter of post wrestling and WrestleNomics over the last few years. And for the two to come together. Couldn't be more excited and happy for all involved. This is a perfect addition to post. It's so cool to see you continue to add to the network and continue with new shows. I think I say this for a lot of people, but I truly appreciate that four years into this, you are continuing to grow and build and add. Shout out to you guys. And thank you, MJ. And shout out to you as well for being along for the ride. It's, um, I mean, it's it's a group effort. It's a community effort. And um, more than happy to give uh, WrestleNomics a, a brand new home. Proud to, really. And the final word goes to Kate from Montreal, who writes, Definitely got some good wrestling tonight, which seems like a strange thing to be thankful for on a wrestling show. But here we are. Since it seems Becky versus Bianca is going dormant for a while, what do you think they can do with Bianca for the next month or so? Uh, I suggested, like, I would like to see her kind of captain a, you know, your your Raw women's team at the Survivor Series and give her a big showcase, I think. Bianca kind of needs that now. I don't think she's damaged from this stuff with Becky, but it's she's out of the title program. It's an excuse that the Survivor Series gives you uh, an ability to do that with Bianca kind of leading Raw, and she can look really dominant in one night. I love that idea. You know, it still gives her kind of that, like, polish of being a top person and a leader, and in fact, like, makes her a leader in a different way than simply competing for the championship. Uh, And who do you put on the other side? It should be Team Team Bianca versus Team Sasha. You yeah. can do that this year. I love that. The ending of the show felt super weird to me. Owens went for the pin and then kind of denied taking advantage of the situation, so he seemed to be sliding back into his old ways. But then he gave what seemed like a genuine apology, and rather than saying, okay, but I'm keeping an eye on you, Biggie attacked him. I'm left thinking everyone sucks here. It feels like they're not yet sure which one of them, if either, they want to turn heel. I I kind of liked the way they did it because it was Big E who I think has his uh, his hesitation about Kevin Owens knowing his history that mm-hmm. he's trying to get duped here and he's not going to get duped by Kevin Owens and you the viewer are left to believe is this guy being sincere that he did not see what we believe he saw or was he was he just is he just trying to mess with Big E so I actually thought it was. Uh, executed pretty well, and you, I, I was left with an interest in how they're going to follow it up, rather than being just flat out told like what way each character is going. I, I'm more in agreement with you. And she adds at the end, I really did enjoy the Owens three months end of his contract three years line, followed by Biggie making a Mount Rushmore comment. Very clever. I, I totally missed the Mount Rushmore comment, so that mm-hmm. that is very funny. Yeah, he said something to the effect of um. There's only one face of the company. This isn't Matt Rushmore, which, yeah, was probably a clever wink. There you go. Well, everyone likes the the clever winks that are out there. And that is going to wrap it up for feedback and for this show, Way. I mean, man, I think uh, we could go out and hang out right yeah, now. What are you, you going to do it's for early. the rest of the evening? It's only 1230. I can't believe this. <laughs> My goodness, folks. Look out, book. Let's party. Oh. 
<laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that is it for us, but fear not. We will be back on Tuesday afternoon with our next post news update. Once again, those can be found in audio form at postwrestlingcafe.com for all members and at youtube.com slash postwrestling. And if that's not enough, Tuesday night, rewind away, number 98. Ooh, it's wow. TLC 2011, headlined by a TLC match. We've got a Money in the Bank cash-in and a card from Baltimore. <laughs> that means uh, 100 is coming later this month. That's right. Starcade 97 will be number 100. Okay, that's a good 100. That's cool. I think. I don't even right. know what's on that Starcade. I mean, it ends with a zero, so it's a huge deal. So, folks, if you join the Post Wrestling Cafe, you will get Rewind Away number 100. Our number 100 episode. Oh, wait a, wait a minute. This is some great marketing. We, we, we're way too oh, self-deprecating to be. Not number 100. <laughs> okay. Um, that's that's going to be a great show, John, because you know why? You know why? Sting versus Hollywood Hulk Hogan. If that's not 100 worthy, I don't know what is. Maybe Goldberg, Steve Mongo, McMichael, that's on the show as well. Yes, yes. Um, I can make a joke about the count to 100 not being too fast and just actually at a normal speed as Nick Patrick's cadence was that evening. Uh, but that's later this month. So go check out postwrestling.com. All the latest news from Andrew Thompson. Busy on the site. And we'll chat with you on Tuesday. Goodbye.